Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum everyone. You are listening to 107.9 FM Radio Sangam. I am Dr. Henna. So normally I do a one hour show, but today we've got a two hour show. So I'm here with you till 12 o'clock. I don't know if I'm the lucky ones or if you're the lucky ones, but yeah, what a what a pleasure to be with you again here for two hours. So as some of you are aware, it's the first month of the Islamic New Year. It's the month of Muharram and today is actually the 10th of Muharram, which uh, is an important day in the history of Islam. So many things actually happened on this day. Uh, but one of them was the sacrifice of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his grandchild, Imam Hussein, radiallahu anhu, and his family. So he was martyred in the Karbala. Um, so some people for that reason may be fasting today. So if you are fasting, um, then I hope your fast is going well and you've got something nice to eat for iftari. So if you have a which is a special song of mine so I'll I'll be doing that today So today's show is um, going to be emotional for some people I know, but it's something that I feel is really important to talk about, to discuss. And today I'm going to be focusing um, about an hour and a half um, on cancer. So we're going to talk about cancer today. As I said, I know that this is going to be an emotional topic for some people, but I really feel that it's important to talk about this subject because um, I feel... And a lot of people that I've been speaking to over the past couple of weeks feel that it's a subject that's not talked about enough. So that's why I'm in, uh, I, I, well, I do a whole series of shows on cancer, um, which I, I think some of you might have listened to before. But today's show, it, we're not going to be talking about the ins and outs of cancer from a medical point of view. We're going to be talking about how, how we can actually support somebody that's going through cancer and Alongside that, I'm hoping that we'll be able to give you some tips. Um, you know, when you find out a friend or family member's been diagnosed with cancer, how to deal with that and how to speak to them, um, what sort of things could help them, would help them. Um, but we're also going to do a bit of a discussion on if you think there's a stigma attached to a cancer diagnosis. So... I'm going to play something um, for the Muslim people that are listening, um, you know, just because I mentioned about Muharram. But during that, um, I would like you to have a think about what you feel or how you feel when you find out or when you find out, if you find out somebody's been diagnosed with cancer. I'd like you to just have a think about that. Um, and for for the reasons... Well, I'll explain later in the show why I want you to have a think about it.
Now, I was planning my show uh, before some of the news that's been happening this week. So we've seen Chadwick Boseman, who some of you know will know as um, an actor. Um, and he, he was in Black Panther, which was just an iconic film, really. So if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. So, so, so this film just... It was the first time that black people were showed a superhero in that role. And I think for that reason, it was just iconic. But for those of you that don't know, he played other uh, brilliant characters as well. Jackie Robinson, James Brown. Um, and he died, uh, sadly, of cancer this week. Um, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. Um, and we've also seen um, Gilda Lounge singer Sarah Harding um, has openly come out onto her social media this week and been talking about her diagnosis of breast cancer. So I think... The point that I'm trying to make by talking about that is that cancer doesn't it doesn't discriminate. It can happen to anybody. Um, yes, there are some reasons that people are more likely to get cancer than others. I've talked about that before. Um, but a lot of people get cancer for no reason. Uh, it can happen to anybody. And I think that's the kind of point, one of the points that I'm trying to make today. So I'm going to play uh, Supplication by Sami Youssef. Um, I'm dedicating to the Muslims that are fasting today. And then we'll come back. Um, and very shortly, I'll be joined by... Uh, somebody from Macmillan Cancer, which is a cancer uh, charity um, that actually supports people with cancer. But she, um, that lady, she's called Asmina. She'll tell you a bit more about that. She is going to join me um, after this, and um, we'll we'll open that discussion. If you want to WhatsApp the studio, if you want to take part in the things that I'm t- talking about today, please WhatsApp me. Um, it's o seven four 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 two zero two one five five. That's o seven. Four 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 two zero two one five five, and I'll be back after this, and hopefully we'll be. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Hello, Asmina, you're straight on air on Radio Sangam. So anybody that's just tuning in now, you are listening to Dr. Henna on Radio Sangam one hundred seven point nine FM. If you would like to WhatsApp into the studio during this discussion. The number is 07444202155. First of all, Asmina, thank you so, so much for joining me here. Um, so you work for Macmillan Cancer. So before we do anything else, can you just tell everybody a little bit about Macmillan Cancer, um, what yes. you guys do, and just just a little bit about it? I'll leave it to you to do the introduction. Of course, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me on your show and a very good morning to all of your listeners. So I'm Asmina Rose and I work um, as a Macmillan Cancer Support and Information Specialist. So Macmillan is a cancer charity with over a 100 years of history helping people who have cancer and their families. Um, and my role specifically is to run what's known as a Macmillan Cancer Support Centre. Now, the charity Macmillan Cancer Support has put these centres in many of the NHS hospitals across the country. So the chances are is that wherever your listeners are tuning in from, their local hospital may well have one of these Macmillan centres inside it. Now, my particular Macmillan Cancer Support Centre is based inside a very big hospital in North London. And what that means is that on a typical day, I will see about 20 people who have cancer coming into my centre with or without their loved ones, as well as members of the general public who are worried about getting cancer. Um, 
and other health-related health conditions that can predispose to cancer. So when people come in to see me, they may come in to get help with, say, treatment side effects. They may come in to get help with some of the emotional or physical or even financial effects of living with cancer as a long-term condition. Or they may come in just for a confidential listening ear um, for somebody to talk to. And the people who seem to need to talk to me the most are the people who don't have as many other people to talk to amongst their friends and family and community um, because they haven't actually felt comfortable in telling other people um, that they have cancer. And so they've been keeping their cancer diagnosis a secret. And those seem to be the group of people who most need somebody to talk to about what they're going through. Yeah, and actually, you know, before you came, uh, before you rang, um, I asked, uh, I played something, but I asked everybody to just have a think about how they feel when they find out that somebody in their family or a friend of theirs has been diagnosed with cancer. And the reason that I asked them that question is because I know that some people with cancer, they, they keep it, they don't want other people to know about it. Um, and basically just reflecting the last point that you made really is that they can be the people that need the most sort of support. So um, I'm going to, I want to discuss that with you in further detail in a minute. But before we do that, um, I'd really actually like to give some advice and tips on how to support somebody going through cancer. So um, before we go into a discussion about why you think people might keep this secret, um, can you actually, can we just talk about um, what what actual advice, practical tips would you give for somebody that's just found out that a loved one has got a diagnosis of cancer? So first of all, when you hear that somebody you know, and especially somebody that you love dearly, has cancer, which can be a life-threatening condition, you're very likely to feel the same shock that the person who actually has cancer um, feels. And that means that you can be lost for words. In your heart, you probably desperately want to help that person, but it can be agonizing trying to figure out what is the right thing to say and what is the best thing that I can do to help this person. And because we can worry so much about saying the wrong thing and causing upset, it can end up with us actually staying silent and not saying anything. And what I would encourage people to do is if they do feel tongue-tied and if they do feel lost for words, is actually verbalize that to the person who has cancer. So let's say, for example, that it's my auntie who has been diagnosed with cancer. What I would say to her is, Auntie G, I am so, so sorry to hear the news that you have been diagnosed with cancer and I really want to help you, but I don't know what to say. I feel lost for words. So even saying something that, as long as you say something, sorry, that comes from the heart, you are not going to be able to say something that is wrong in that person's eyes. 
Yeah, so just so can I? I'm just going to translate a little bit in Urdu because I know a lot of our listeners. Um, they they actually asked me to to talk a little bit in Urdu. So, I बात कर रही हूँ किसी से मकमलन कैंसर से और हम बात कर रहे हैं कि आप कैसे सपोर्ट कर सकते हैं कि जब आपको पता चला कि किसी को कैंसर का डायग्नोसिस है तो हम पहल हम हमारा पहला टॉपिक डिस्कशन का हम दोनों कह रहे हैं कि अगर आपको पता चला कि किसी का कैंसर डायग्नोसिस है तो बहुत सारे लोग शौक हो जाते हैं तो ये नॉर्मल है नॉर्मल है तो ये शौक होना है बट समाइम्स पीपल वो शौक शौक की वजह से वो उनको डर लगता है कि मैं क्या कहूँ इस बंदे को इस औरत को मैं क्या कहूँ मैं लव्ड वन को क्या कहूँ मैं ये आंटी को क्या कहूँ तो ये एडवाइस हम दे रहे हैं कि सेंग समथिंग इज बेटर देन सेंग नथिंग तो डरना नहीं चाहिए सब्जेक्ट अप्रोच करने का दिस पर्सन विल बी लिविंग विद दिस सो प्लीज जस्ट अप्रोच देम टॉक टू देम उनको कह सकते हैं कि यू नो आई एम सॉरी आई एम सॉरी टू हेयर अबाउट दिस डू यू वॉन्ट टू टॉक अबाउट इट वॉट वॉट अदर टिप्स वुड यू गिव यू नो एक्चुअली हाउ टू सपोर्ट समबडी जस्ट गोइंग थ्रू द जर्नी नाउ आई हैड पर्सनल एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ आई एम गन से वॉकिंग द जर्नी the with somebody because i think cancer is a journey because it 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 take it can it can take a long time can't it to go through that kind of process and journey of everything um what what other things can you say to actually support somebody while they're actually going through maybe they're going through treatment or they need surgery or something like that asmina so especially when somebody is going through treatment um they may feel so exhausted by all of these different hospital appointments and the side effects of their treatment that actually even if you've offered to that person to be a listening ear if they want to talk they may not actually have the energy or the ability to talk and open up about their innermost feelings so particularly because we know that cancer treatment can be exhausting and it can have some side effects other very helpful things that you can do for a loved one a friend a family member a neighbor who is going through cancer treatment is to offer some practical help so for example the person may be too tired after their treatment to cook the meals for their family in that case by all means offer to do some cooking to drop some food around if the person really doesn't have the energy to see you you can even say to them i will cook the food and i will leave it on your doorstep for you other things you can offer to do is to help somebody with their shopping because when you're spending so much time at the hospital it can be difficult to find time even to go to the supermarket so as well as offering to listen and to share the emotional journey with the person there are also many practical day-to-day things um that you can offer to help with and people will be just so grateful that you have actually offered and that you are keeping them in your thoughts and their their prayers yeah and i'm going to reflect that so i've been speaking to some people this week that have lived through cancer and also people that have lived with a loved one through cancer and i actually asked them what were the things that helped you the most and these are the things that everybody said oh the person that brought the shopping round oh the person that came round to the house and filled my freezer full of food and oh the person that said oh i'll do the shop for you so actually these these practical things that you think might not actually be worth very much at that time of need when you 
you haven't even got time to go to the supermarket that just means everything to that person that day um doesn't it asmina um absolutely yeah. and if you're in henna my advice to your listeners would be if they're not sure just ask the person you know say to them please tell me honestly what can I do to help you whilst you're going through this treatment? And please tell me honestly, do not be shy about telling me exactly what you need me to help you with. Yeah. And the other thing, Asmina, that people said um, that I've spoken to is that even if they didn't need help with that because they had other family that could do that for them, what the things that they appreciated were the very simple things like a handwritten note or a text message every week when they knew that they were having chemotherapy that day just a text message to say you don't have to reply um but i'm thinking of you you know those those things that will will only take a couple of moments out of your day um a card you know people always appreciate a card it's okay to send somebody a card and even if you want to write that i don't know what to say but i'm thinking of you you know these little things mean so much to somebody um that's going through that journey um asmina so <laughs> As we kind of mentioned, um, I mentioned briefly before, um, and we, f for our listeners, uh, Asmina and I had a, a discussion on the phone um, this week about this, uh, that we, because we were going to talk about it. Do you think that there is a stigma attached to a cancer diagnosis? What do you think? From your personal point of view, maybe away from Macmillan now, from your personal point of view, what do you think? So, Henna, both personally and professionally, I have to say, yes, that in our communities, sadly, there is still more of a stigma attached. Um, and I say that because of the things that I hear and see every day in my work running the Macmillan Cancer Support and Information Centre, and also because of my, my past experience, which, if that's okay, I can share a little bit um, of that with your listeners. Yeah. But essentially, I... Are you, Asmina, um, so... So when we were talking um, about it, Asmina actually shared her personal story with me. Um, now, if you are happy to share that story, then Asmina, you can actually say whatever you like. If if you are happy to discuss that, you know, on air. Thank you, Hannah. So essentially, the reason that I do the work that I do for the charity Macmillan Cancer Support is because actually when I was much younger, I had a near miss with colorectal cancer. So that's the same type of cancer um, that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the very sad death of Chadwick Boseman, the actor. And what happened to me was that when I was 25, the doctors found what they thought were precancerous cells inside the lining of my bowel. And so I had very big surgery to remove the whole of my bowel and um, to fit me with something called a stoma bag instead. And I'm very healthy now, I'm pleased, pleased to say, alhamdulillah, um, and I still live with this bag. But actually, at the time when I was going through this very big surgery to remove a lot of um, my insides, um, some of the things that people in the community said to me made me realize that there is still very much a stigma and a sense of shame attached to talking openly about having um, this illness. So, for example, some of the things that I remember people saying to me um, were that 
the reason that I had had that the reason that this had happened to me was, you know, karma, and it was because of the sins that I had committed in a past life. I remember people telling me that if I had this bag, um, which alters the way that I'm able to go to the toilet, that I would never be able to find a husband. Um, people said uh, many things to me which do reflect the cultural attitudes um, towards having cancer. And I can understand, based on what I went through, why some people who today are walking in the shoes that I walked in when I was 25 might think twice before being open about what they're going through with their body. Um, and the reason that I think that is a problem is because when you're going through a disease and experience a cancer journey, things are tough enough already. When you add to that the burden of having to keep this enormous secret, you just make things even tougher for yourself. And you can end up feeling lonely, feeling isolated, and crucially, you can end up missing out on some of the fantastic help and support that is available to people who are going through cancer, not just from the charity Macmillan Cancer Support, but from many, many other sources. Um, thank you for talking about that on air, Asmina. I, I wasn't sure if you were kind of going to be happy to do that, but... Um... I'm I'm going to say that unfortunately I've spoken to some people this week as well who have have similar stories um so people that were told um that this is because of something that you've done this is because that uh, you're being punished for something um so that's something that I've heard as well um to main baat kar rahi hu kisi se macmillan cancer se to unhone mujhe abhi bataya aur aap sab listeners ko bhi bataya hai aur inki bahut meherbani to be so open with us thank you so much um wo keh rahi hai ki unke khud hi cancer hua hai aur jab unka diagnosis hua tha um, वो खुद ही एक्सपीरियंस किया था उन्होंने के लोग um, उन्होंने उनको कहा था कि यू नो दिस इज समथिंग व्हाई दिस हैपन टू यू दिस इज समथिंग वाज इट समथिंग दैट यू डन इज इट अ फॉल्ट ऑफ योर्स वाज इट अ सिन दैट यू कमिटेड यू नो थिंग्स लाइक दैट एंड दिस इज वन ऑफ द रीजंस एक्चुअली एज मीना दैट आई वांटेड टू डू दिस शो बिकॉज़ आई वांटेड टू से फ्रॉम फ्रॉम अ पर्सनल पर्सपेक्टिव फ्रॉम अ मेडिकल प्रोफेशनल पर्सपेक्टिव फ्रॉम योर पर्सपेक्टिव फ्रॉम मैकमिलन कैंसर दैट कैंसर इज नॉट बिकॉज़ ऑफ एनी सिन्स दैट यू कमिटेड कैंसर does not happen to you because you're being punished by somebody cancer is not contagious sorry that's the other thing that i've heard as well this week that some people think that cancer is contagious some people are even scared to say the word aren't they as mean of cancer because yeah. they think oh if i say the word then it might happen to me so the and i'm not making this up um listeners these are things that people have actually said to me this is not something that i've read anywhere these are words that i've heard in my clinics these are words that i've heard from people that have been talking about their experiences with me and unfortunately um asmina who has been a cancer um survivor um she has the same you know she has actually reflected that story that i've heard other people talking about me asmina how can we what can we do to stop this what can we do how can we how can we teach people that these are just wrong beliefs so hena 
It, what you have described is what I also hear every day in my Macmillan Cancer Support Centre, people worrying that cancer is contagious, etc. What we need to do is lead by example, by reaching out, by being open about cancer, by talking about it more, and also by education. So the reason that we know that cancer isn't something that is a punishment for some sins is because actually we know that there are very sound biological and sometimes genetic reasons why cancer happens in the body. It's because cells malfunction. And the more people understand what actually causes cancer, I think then slowly over time, attitudes and beliefs around cancer and some of the stigma and myths will start to dispel and then people will feel more comfortable talking about their own cancer experience if and when that does happen to them. And from a from a from a perspective of somebody that I literally only met you, I'm not. I haven't even met you. I spoke to you on the phone um, within the last like week or two. Um, I I'm just so um, this is refreshing for me to meet somebody, a young young Asian female who is open about their journey, who is open about their experiences, who not only is happy to talk about it, is happy to talk about it on air, was happy to talk about it with me on the phone, and also just the fact that you've turned it into something that you can now go and help people in your everyday life um, in the role that you are in. And as Mina, you, you are helping so many people every day and you don't, you don't know it. You don't know, um, the difference that, that it makes for somebody to see another Asian person. Because I, I, the reason I'm saying this is I'm reflecting the experiences that I have within my clinics. When I have, um, I'm not actually not just Asian people, black people as well. You know what? It's not even just in the ethnic minorities because some of my white friends have said that they've faced these stigmas as well. And actually, I'm going to be talking to somebody a bit later on. As mean, if you carry on listening to the show after you get off after 11, um, I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine who went through something similar and she's not Asian or black. Um, but but um, I think certainly more, maybe more in within our cultures, um, I've seen it in our, my clinics and you know when I talk about it very openly and I tell people that it's okay, it's okay to be scared, it's okay to go and tell your family, get support from people that you want to get support from um, they they appreciate it, they appreciate another um, another another brown person, another Asian person, another person, you know, um, and I'm talking for, so, so I've, I've been talking to some um, uh, black people this week as well and they, they they reflect similar experiences within their community and for or for you to go and work for Macmillan Cancer to show people you know I'm not scared to talk about it it happened to me come and speak to me it's just brilliant Asmina and I'm just I know you didn't know that I was going to say this um but I'm just I'm just I'm overwhelmed by the work that you do and it's just brilliant and I want to thank you so so much for coming on and being so open and giving some really practical advice and just talking so refreshingly open about it and you know is there anything um that else that you want to say um because i've got i'll have i've got to do ads and news coming up and things like that um so i can't talk to you for as long as i want to um but is there anything else that you would like to say um to our listeners on radio now if you're just tuning in 
Um, you're listening to Radio Sangam on 107.9 FM. I've been talking to Osmina from Macmillan Cancer. If you have missed it and you think it would be an interesting um, thing to hear about, because we've been talking about supporting people with cancer and also we've been talking about the stigma associated with cancer, these shows are all available online um, afterwards. So if you go to www.radiosangam.co.uk and they're also uh, on Spotify, so they all go online afterwards. So Asmina, you can share this with people as well later, you know, if you like, if you think it would help. Um, I'm going to put it back over to you as Mina because I'd like you to just not a preset question um, because I know I sent you some questions but um, just can you just say from your heart just what else do you want to say to our listeners so Hannah to your listeners when somebody you know especially somebody you love gets diagnosed with cancer that is the time that you must love them harder you don't leave them don't ignore them don't cross the street to avoid them because you don't know what to say. Instead, reach out to them, love them more than you've ever loved them before. Be there for them no matter what comes your way. And that is how you will help that person to get through their cancer journey. Because for many of us, cancer isn't something that takes our lives anymore. Cancer is something where we go through a bad time and we emerge through the other side. So that would be my message to, to your listeners. And if they are interested in cancer, on our website, um, www.macmillan.org, we do have resources in other languages. So we have Urdu, Punjabi, Gujarati, um, Bengali and, and Arabic. If you would like to read more, um, particularly about how to talk to somebody who's got cancer, then if you have the internet, please do go online and take a look at those those on our website. Thank you so much, Asmina, for coming on air and talking to me. So, as she said, please go and find the resources online. Can you just give the website again, Asmina, for people that just missed it? Yes, so you can just go onto a, a search engine and type in Macmillan, or it's www.macmillan.org.uk. From, behalf, from the behalf of myself and from behalf of Radio Sangam Asmina, thank you to Macmillan Cancer Support and thank you to you for coming on air and speaking about it. Um, I'm going to say bye now, but I will be talking to you later on today um, to, to thank you um, personally. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah. Bye-bye.
This is Radio Sangam 107.9 FM. So I've been talking about cancer. I've been talking about how to support somebody going through cancer. And I've been talking about the stigmas associated with cancer. If you missed it, you can catch up online afterwards. If you would like to message me about anything that we've been talking about, it's WhatsApp 07444. Two zero two one five five. I've had a few messages that I will reply to um, over this break, so I'm going to play something, and then we're going to go to ads news, and then I'll be back um, after eleven. I've got another call with somebody um, who's going to talk about her experiences of finding out about somebody with cancer. Um, so that'll be after eleven, and then towards um, the end of the show, after eleven, we're going to talk about something completely different. We're going to talk about coronavirus, um, but that's because um, uh, there's an important message that I want to give out. So that'll be later in the show. So um, if you're listening from home, um, please stay with me. And if you're travelling about uh, and you want you would want to listen afterwards, then please listen later. Um, so it's around ten to eleven. Um, this is Radio Sangha One. 7.9 FM. I'll be back after 11. Okay. to Radio Sangam 107.9 FM. It's about 12 minutes past 11. Um, I've been here since 10 o'clock. I'm Dr. Henna. I normally do a show 10 till 11, but today I'm here till 12 o'clock. So my show today was focused and based around cancer, the, the stigma attached to cancer diagnosis, and also just giving some practical advice about how to support somebody going through cancer. already spoken to somebody from Macmillan Cancer. Um, for people that want to listen to it afterwards, um, I'll give you the details later in the show again how to do that. If you want to WhatsApp me the studio on the studio, WhatsApp number is 07444202155. Thank you to the people that are messaging me. Um, I will mention a couple of names later. So we talked about 
how it feels um, when you get a cancer diagnosis or when a family member gets a cancer diagnosis. I've spoken to Asmina from Macmillan Cancer who talked about her cancer journey. And I'm going to speak very shortly to my friend Emily, who is a GP, who um, wanted to highlight that it's not just within the Asian and black community where there's a stigma associated with a cancer diagnosis. And she also wanted to share a bit of her story about a family member who has, was diagnosed with cancer. And so she's agreed um, to speak to me about her her experiences. So I'm going to get her on air as well. Um, so if you just bear with me and um, we'll try and do that. I'm just again going to give the number of WhatsApp because there are some people messaging in and it's nice um, to hear your views about this. So it's 07444202155. When I come back on air, hopefully I'll be joined by my friend Emily. people that are just tuning in you are listening to 107.9 fm radio sangam i'm dr henna who normally do a show 10 till 11 but i'm doing 10 till 12 today the show is focused on cancer i've already spoken to somebody from macmillan cancer who have given their advice on how a bit of advice on how to support somebody going through cancer we also talked a little bit about the stigma associated to a cancer diagnosis and now i'm speaking to my friend um and colleague because she's a doctor so we all all call each other colleagues don't we um so she's a gp and she's agreed um to come on air to to give us a bit about her experiences of uh, a cancer so emily first of all can i just say thank you for coming and speaking to me and speaking to the listeners um uh, on radio sangam so um emily um you've you had a family member diagnosed with with cancer didn't you um do you do you want to just tell us tell us all a little bit about that uh yeah so so i guess if i start with the fact so uh, in my first year of university, my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumour, um, which was reasonably quickly obvious that it was not suitable for surgery and that it wasn't going to be cured with any other treatment. Um, and then he ended up dying about three and a half years later in my fourth year of university. And... Um it's it's obviously an emotional subject for you um so again you know i i'm i'm thanking you for coming on and talking about it and if at any time you feel that you you need to stop um just if you just tell me um i want to stop and then that's fine um you know i'll take over um so just tell me a little bit about what it was like for you to find out about something like that you know and did you say you were in your first year of medical school yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So first. Yeah. First year of medical um, home for uh, Christmas holidays, yeah. and uh, yeah, still have very very strong memories of being at the cinema with my sister yeah. and going and watching a movie and coming back out to vast vast numbers of missed calls yeah. and to say that Dad has been rushed into hospital, which has left me with quite a significant anxiety if I'm not with my phone at any point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can, can, you, um, can you can you tell me at that time in your life what was it that people did that helped you at that specific time in life? What is it? Could you because what I'm trying to do is give people some advice about how to cope yeah. with cope with either somebody that's dealing with a cancer diagnosis or a friend that's dealing with a family member or somebody close to them that's dealing with it so you know I don't want to make you talk too much about how it made you feel because I know that will make you feel upset because I can reflect on you know how upset I would feel because yeah. I, I've had um, I've had close family members um, that that have been through the cancer journey so um, I'm not yeah. going to make you talk too much about it from that side of things um but can you tell me at that time what helped you um something that your friends did or family did um can you just talk a little bit about that yeah so like the, the friends and family that were happy to kind of be be led and kind of if i needed to kind of talk about things that were making me sad or worried or struggle um then that was great but they were also happy enough to talk about really, really rubbish rom-coms or what was going on in their lives or stuff that was needed to help distract me yeah. um, and that didn't necessarily assume what I needed but actually asked, which seems so simple. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is, well, it does seem really simple, but it's important, isn't it? Because you want, you want, basically what we're trying to say is you don't want people to not speak to you because of it that's the kind of one exactly. of the main messages isn't it you don't want people to write oh yeah um, you know oh okay i know um i've just found out um somebody's uh, family member's been diagnosed with cancer i'm not going to speak to them because i don't know what to say that's kind of yeah. you're kind of reflecting the same sort of message that i was trying to give a little bit earlier on as well it, it's the same message yeah. isn't it? so no, I the people that helped certainly lost friends from yeah. people that just didn't know what to say and so just didn't say anything and I haven't spoken to them for fifteen years or whatever it is now. Um, yeah, so Emily, so um this is something that for the listeners, this is something that Emily and I spoke about before. So we she's actually told me that uh, and I can reflect the same thing as well. For the people for her friends, her close friends at that time, um they didn't know what to say so they didn't say anything and actually that's that makes people not want to speak to them then at all because if you can't be there for somebody in their worst hour you know um and you you are a friend of theirs this is the time in their life that they need you the most isn't it emily this is the time in life oh, that you actually need your friends yeah. the most um, so, you know, how does it how does it feel when people just don't want to talk about it? How does that make you feel? Well, it's, sort of, it's devastating, isn't it? Because you sort of deal with the sort of upset grief of the diagnosis, but then also 
sort of wondering if you've done something wrong personally that's making people not talk to you. Um, and then kind of grieving for lost friendships as well as sort of dealing with uh, the other sort of more significant stuff that's kind of going on at the same time. And um, what helped you? What helped you? What, 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 apart from the, you know, you mentioned about people just having a chat with you. Um, we were talking a little bit before I was talking to Macmillan Cancer about people that just did little practical things. So what sort of little things, what advice would you give to somebody um, who wants to help somebody who's got this sort of diagnosis or somebody that they love that's got this diagnosis? What advice would you give to them about how to help somebody in that situation? I mean, very much the same stuff that the, the Macmillan lady was saying earlier, but sort of, yeah, ask what you can do, um, because, yeah, li- little things can make a sort of massive difference, um, even if it's, yeah, sort of being around for 10 minutes or picking up some shopping when um, it's difficult to, like, physically get to the shops or kind of, yeah, just, or, or being an ear, or not being an ear, but just kind of being... Yeah. Now, um, Emily, um, I've also been talking a little bit about if we think there's a there's a stigma attached to a cancer diagnosis. So I am asking you the same question. Um, do you think that there's a stigma attached to a cancer diagnosis? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think part of it seems to be that people just yeah don't know what to say or they're sort of afraid of saying the wrong thing but there definitely seems to be sort of people who think that they'll catch it or just yeah just can't cope with it or or that say really unhelpful things like the negativity of it is catching like if you accept that it's a fatal diagnosis then then that's giving up that they can't be around that can I share something um, that we've talked about um, off air, basically? So, because we're friends, Emily and I are friends, so we've talked about this sometimes. So, can I just share something that we've talked about that um, that I think is really important for people to know, and we both think yeah. actually. Um, Emily, we've talked about how it's not helpful um, when um, right. So, first of all, um, I just want to I just want to make another point. Um, so, a lot of people that get cancer, they will be cured from it. So, uh, and the cancer, um, the rates of recovery are just growing every day. So, over fifty percent now of people that get a diagnosis of cancer won't die from it. So, that's the first point I, that I want to make. But a lot of people will die from it. So, there yeah. will be people that die from it. So, when you find out that some Somebody is going to die from cancer. So when you get get that news that somebody is dying or going to die from cancer, that the doctors have said that there's nothing else, there's no treatment options available. So this person is what we call palliative. Now I am going to do another show, completely another show on palliative care at another time. When you find that out, if you're a family member of somebody or a friend of a loved one, and they tell you that, okay, I've just found out that this person, so in your case, my dad, so I've just found out that, you know, dad's dying of cancer. It doesn't help you if somebody tells you at that time they might get better. That's not going to help. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't help you at that time if somebody, and this is something that's happened to you, isn't it? Um, so it doesn't help you at that time if somebody Very says, much. have faith, um, have some faith because they might get better. The doctors might be wrong or there might be another treatment option available. Yeah. Oh, have you tried this? So we, Emily and I have talked about this, um, another time and, we really think we both really think that it's important for people to know that if somebody is telling you 
that this my family my loved one my friend my partner my you know parent they're dying of cancer it does not help if that person says the doctors might be wrong or have you tried this or have you tried everything especially as uh, somebody that was in medical school at that time that really didn't help you did it at that time um, <laughs> It, no, not yeah. At all. yeah. So, uh, what what what's that like when people are giving you? Well, it's not really advice, is it? It's comments. So, what was that like when people gave you comments like yeah. that? I mean, part of it is kind of it feels like they're sort of suggesting that you haven't tried hard enough or you don't care enough, which is obviously pretty upsetting itself. Um, and then, I mean, I think we sort of as a family most. And it's just sort of ignore most of the particularly unhelpful stuff. But it's it would be so easy to get so hooked up or invested in trying to find a, a miracle cure that you don't actually like appreciate the amount of time that you've got left. Because if you've only got a very limited amount of time with someone, you don't want to be spending it looking into whether some sort of wacky crazy internet thing is going to make a difference what you want to be doing is spending some like decent time with them and making some memories and yeah enjoying the time you have yeah um so emily um basically from from thank you basically thank you so what i'm going to do while you're still talking to me because there might be something that you want to add to this as well um, I've come up with um, a few little tips of how to support somebody going through cancer. So what I'd like you to just kind of stay on air while I talk about that. Um, if you want to add anything, yeah. if you want to add anything to the end of that um, that that discussion, if that's okay with you. Um, so, yeah. so um, there's there's no single there's no one single way to support somebody who's going through cancer or or a person who finds out um that a loved one's got cancer um so there's no single way of, of um supporting somebody going through that so each story is unique but but here am i kind of from talking to you from talking to asmina from talking to macmillan cancer from my own experiences these are the things that i would give so it's just a few tips so the first thing is check in with them often so even if that means just sending a quick text message to say that I'm thinking of you, it, they don't have to reply. You can even tell them that they don't have to reply to you. But just send a message to say, you know what, I just wanted you to know I'm thinking of you. Or you can ask them, how are you feeling today? If they don't respond to you, then you can say that, oh, you know, I'm just letting you know that I'm thinking of you. Um, you could pick up some essential items for them, um, you know, bread. Everybody needs bread, milk, toilet roll, um, or, you know, uh, if you're me, then essential item means get them some cake <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> you know, get them, get them something, get them some essential items. Um, you could send a, a card or, or a handwritten note. Everybody loves getting something handwritten. So, you know, uh, Emily and I have both been through a, a journey of somebody that we love um, uh, living and dying with cancer. Um, and I, I can still say that I appreciate the people that sent me cards um, and letters um, at that time. I, I still remember that now. Um, uh, and you might, you might want to. Some people might appreciate a little gift. You don't have to spend a lot of money. For example, if you know that somebody likes flowers, get them some flowers or a plant. If you don't want to get flowers, um, you know, then maybe a little plant or something. Um, 
how about putting together like a little care package for them um it doesn't you don't have to spend a lot of money um you know you could a candle some socks um anything you think they would like um chocolate <laughs> um <laughs> chocolate cake any homemade treats if you make something you know why don't you take that round the the most important one of the most important points that i wanted to make emily um is that i just want people to remember that people are they're not looking for answers from you um they don't need answers yeah. from you they just need you to be there they just want you to be there you don't have to give any answers you don't have to say this is why it's happened why has this happened they just want you to be there and for the, for people that are are currently supporting somebody that's going through cancer this is a difficult time for you as well um and you know you'll find it difficult because it's somebody that you care about somebody that you love that's going through this so for though for you as well it'll be difficult for you and my advice for you would be to just take things one day at a time um because that's all we can really do in a situation like that is just don't think about what's going to happen next week next year or two years time from now because you don't know if the person's going to be there just take it what get through the day or get through the week or get through to the next appointment or you know something like that um emily um is there anything that you'd like to add um to anything that i've said and that's what um, I said to on the, the only <laughs> The only thing which I'm sure you're going to cover if you do sort of palliative care show and things, but our local hospice yes, was amazing yeah. and so good at supporting dad and us, um, like emotionally, but also with like practical things like how you sort out paperwork so you don't get junk mail delivered to someone after they've died. Um, but yeah, they were absolutely wonderful. Um, and so if you yeah. need support even if you're not suitable for going into a hospice it's certainly worth speaking to your local hospice because it's brilliant places no i'm really glad not, that you mentioned that not the sad depressing place that people imagine they're light and happy and full of donuts in my experience so you want to you want everybody to know how how helpful it was um you you going uh, and getting advice from a local hospice um, I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was admitted to us in the end as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I'm glad that you made that point. And actually, I'm going to focus um, another show, a whole show on palliative care, Emily, and I will be talking about that um, then. Um, Emily, uh, because I've got to, I've got to do some, um, I've got to do, I've got to do some ads and things, and I've got another kind of public information message coming up later on. Um, so unfortunately, I can't speak to you and longer than I want, like I wanted to speak to you for longer. But thank you. I know how difficult this was for you. Um, thank you so so much for coming on air. Um, if anybody that's listening, if they if they know Emily, can you tell her well done for coming on air and speaking to me about this because it's a really difficult thing for her to do. And I really, really appreciate it, Emily. Um, so I will speak to you later, Emily. And thank you so, so much from from uh, from Radio Sangam and from me personally. I want to personally thank you for coming on air and speaking to me about this. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for your Bye. Bye.
to play something that somebody's requested and then we've got some ads and then after the ads um, we're going to talk about something completely different um, because uh, somebody's asked me to do a public information message. Um, so I'm going to be speaking to a consultant from Bradford Royal Infirmary so he'll be speaking to me a little bit later but just for now um, we're going to have some ads and I'm just going to play before the ads actually um, somebody's requested a song from Sammy Yusuf because I played a bit of Sammy Yusuf before so we'll we'll do that to go into the ads and then um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about coronavirus so complete change of subject Is your face blessed? Is your name, my beloved? Good morning. Hello, good morning. Yes, um, Dr. Savalai, you're straight live on air on Radio Sangam. So I'm just going to tell the listeners who they're listening to and um, a little bit about why I've um, why I've asked you to come on air okay. today. So um, this is Radio Sangam 107.9 FM. Um, Dr. Saralaya is, um, I'm just going to say it, Dr. Saria, one of the best consultants that I've ever, ever had the pleasure to work with. Um, he is a, a respiratory consultant who works at Bradford Royal Infirmary. Um, so huge teaching hospital. I did some of my foundation training there. Um, which is the training that you do when you first qualify as a doctor. Dr. Saralaya also does a lot of research work and um, I've spoken to him recently about some of the work that he's doing now that's related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Please, Dr. Saralaya, can you tell us what you're doing and can you tell us why you wanted to speak to the Asian community today? So, Hannah, thank you for inviting me to this program. Uh, yeah, as you said, I'm a consultant respiratory physician but I'm also the director for the National NIHR Patient Recruitment Center at Bradford, which plays a vital part in what we call the urgent public health studies in COVID-19. So we're taking part in about 17 of these trials uh, across the portfolio. There are about 58 trials in total being run, looking at various aspects of COVID-19, but I've been involved in mainly finding a treatment for COVID-19. And... Um so you are you taking part so you're taking just tell everybody because i know a little bit about the work you're doing so are you taking part in doing the vaccines then is that what's yeah that what's so happening? in terms of so there are two treatment strategies for covid19 one is a treatment strategy so we need to find medicines which prevent people from dying as you know a large proportion of our community has come to severe harm from covid19 so we have lost a lot of our near and dear ones belonging to the asian community um there are certain characteristics why COVID-19 disproportionately affects some of our Asian uh, patients. One, because some of them are in frontline people facing jobs like bus drivers, taxi drivers, healthcare sector, doctors, nurses. 
The second uh, reason is uh, our population slightly has a higher incidence of comorbid conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, or heart disease, or kidney disease. So that puts them at increased risk. And the third important factor is the body mass or the body weight in our community is slightly higher. And we know that people with higher body weight come to greater harm from COVID-19 than thin patients. Um, Last but not the least, there is some prevalence of smoking and airway diseases uh, within our community that puts them at increased risk. And that's why I think it's very important that we led in Bradford so that a large proportion of our community could take part in these clinical trials. So as I mentioned to you, we are taking part in some of the big platforms trials for aiming to find a cure for COVID-19. One of them is the recovery trial. The recovery trial brought the first treatment which was effective in COVID-19 called dexamethasone, which is a steroid. And we took part in that trial. Over 170 patients took part in that trial from Bradford, over 50% of them belonging to our own Asian community. Many of our patients have proved to be winners in this COVID-19 fight because they came out successfully out of hospital while taking part in the recovery trial. The recovery trial is currently testing, initially tested five different arms of the study, and the most successful arm was the dexamethasone, which is a steroid, which is given for 10 days. And what dexamethasone does is it reduces the chance of death by 25% in people requiring oxygen and by a third in people who require ventilation. So the dexamethasone is still ongoing. It has recruited over 13,000 patients. We want to recruit close to 15 to 17,000 patients. They probably continue into the winter. The other important trials, we are taking part in a trial called TACTIC from the University of Cambridge, which is looking at two novel agents. Because the major problem in COVID-19 is the virus attacks our body, then our immune system behaves very differently and starts attacking our own body. So we need to down-regulate or dampen some of that response that we see in COVID-19. So there are also trials that we are taking part in, which will be looking at the prevention for COVID-19. These are the vaccine trials, which are widely publicized in the media. The vaccine trials, we're going to be running mainly phase three. So these are trials who have already been through human trials and have proved to be safe. This is very important for your listeners to remember that. These are safe. They are well-regulated. They are being peer-reviewed, the protocols, by several vaccine experts, and they go through strict ethical considerations, and we have what we adhere to a practice called good clinical practice in these trials. So the first trial we are likely to start towards the end of September, and we're going to run between three and five phase three efficacy vaccine trials. These are trials where we will test um, larger sections of the community. We know that it works and produces an immune response, as you've heard in the mainstream media, in some of our patients, but we need to test them in the wider population. So why is it important for your listeners and our Asian community to take part? We need to know that when a license is licensed, when the vaccine gets a license, then it works in our community. That's really, really important. Um, So it's important that uh, a large number of people sign up to the National COVID Vaccine Registry. It can be accessed on www.nhs.uk forward slash coronavirus. Um, so if you tick there, it'll, it'll ask you a question, register in interest for a COVID-19 vaccine trial. Now, to a date, as of Friday, nearly 230,000 people have signed up to this registry countrywide. In Bradford and in surrounding Calderdale, about 2,000 patients have signed up. 
But unfortunately, only less than 3% of these sign-ups belong to our community, the Asian that's community. That's why, actually, Do- Dr. Saralaya, Saralaya, that's why I asked you um, That's why I asked you to come on uh, live on air on Radio Sangam to talk about this because I was quite shocked when I found out um, uh, that despite the fact that if you are from an Asian population, you have a twice risk of dying from coronavirus, only less than 3% of the population, um, and that includes around Bradford as well, have signed up for these trials. And and Dr. Saralaya is one of the most excellent consultants that I have ever met throughout my career. They are looking for a cure for this disease, and he wants to make sure that this vaccine is also safe for the Asian population. So So they are recruiting people right now and less than 3% of people that have come forward to take part in your trials are from an Asian population, Dr. Saralaya. So, what? again, um, he's he's just said that it's safe. Um, please, can you tell people how to find out more information? Again, sorry, just in case people missed it. Um, can you tell So, what will happen, yeah. you can register into the uh, registry and you'll be asked a few simple questions, including your postcode. And if your postcode is very close to the Bradford, and that includes people in, for your listeners in Kirkley's, uh, Calderdale, Airedale, as well as in Bradford, we will be able to in, uh, contact them. Plus, we are setting up our more, uh, it's called uh, Be Part of Bradford Research, www.bepartofbradfordresearch.nhs.uk, and you can register on that uh, address as well. And basically, what it does is it takes you to a microsite where you can enter a few f- uh, details, and we will contact you. When the trials, so it's very important for our population, as you quite rightly mentioned, Anna, to take part in these trials because these trials are going to test whether the vaccine will produce an immune resist- response in all of us. Because it's really important to know whether it works in the Asian community, and by taking part in these trials, as I've told you, it's entirely safe. You'll be looked after by a very, very experienced team. In Bradford, we have done over 150 clinical trials in asthma, COPD, including vaccines. So you've got a very, very rich uh, and experienced team. But in addition, we are a national patient recruitment center. So we are a part of the NHS big organizations to look at research recruitments. And we are only one of five centers in the country. That is a huge and the only one in Yorkshire. So this has come a vital chance to our region. So it's very important that your listeners register their interests and take part and help us. But we are not only helping themselves, but they're helping the community and the wider world and producing a vaccine so that we can get out of this mask and social distancing because it has decimated decimated communities, COVID-19. So we need to get out of this quickly. That's why I wanted you to come on and speak about it, Dr. Saralaya. Um, thank you for coming on air and talking thank about you. it. I hope that your message gets out to people that really want to listen to it. I know Radio Sangam is listened to by a lot of the Asian community, so um, I'm really pleased that you were able, to, you were available today to come on because I asked him to come on at quite short notice. But can I just tell you something else, Dr. Saralaya? So we were talking before you came. This is not to do with COVID now. We were talking about um, uh, cancer. We were talking about how to support people going through cancer and um, I want to just tell you from a personal point of view um, uh, how important it is, this is how important it is for people to support those that uh, have had loved ones um, that have gone through cancer so um, Dr Saralaya was actually my supervisor when I was going through a difficult time with a family member and his support um, meant that I could carry on working as a doctor so that's how important it is um, for people to support those that are not only going through cancer but the people that are uh, have had a family member that's had cancer as well so I wanted to say from a personal 
personal and from a professional point of view. Thank you so, so much for coming on and talking um, on Radio Sangam. And this has just been my opportunity, really, to say thank you to um, the difference that you've made, not only to your patients, but to your colleagues as well, Dr. Saralaya. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for inviting me and yeah. thank you for those kind words. All right, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. talking to Dr. Saralaya about um, trials to do with COVID-19 um, he mentioned how to take part so www.nhs.uk forward slash coronavirus um, if you missed the show and you want to listen to it afterwards because it was quite a lot of information you can do that by going to www.radiosangam.co.uk the shows are also available on Spotify later as well and that's if you want to listen to any of my shows thank you for the people that have been whatsapping me in 07444 I am going to make an effort to reply to people before I leave. Thank you to Emily and to Asmina that spoke to me before I came on, um, before I was talking to Dr. Saralaya. Thank you um, to both of you uh, for coming on and talking about your personal experiences. I know how difficult that can be. FM Radio Sangam. I've been here since 10 o'clock talking to you and I hope that you've learned something and I hope that it's helped to listen to somebody talking about cancer um, and talking about how to support somebody going through cancer and just I hope that some people may reflect on what what I mentioned about the stigma that's associated to a cancer diagnosis. Um, I know that this show might have upset some people but I really felt that it was an important thing to talk about. If you 
want to contact me outside of the show if you've got ideas that you think that is important to discuss within the Asian population then um, please contact me by going to my Instagram that's uh, and on Instagram I'm at drdoctor.henna I'd love to know some of the things that you think are important to talk about um, and I'm also on Twitter henna anwar h-e-n-n-a-a-n-w-a-r many both cheesy ke bari mein baat ki mainly jo main point the the main point that i was trying to prove, to show sorry um ke agar aapko kisi ka pata chala hai ke kisi ka cancer hai then in logon ko please support dijiye um all these beliefs ke aapko lag jayega ya koi allah ki taraf se punishment mil rahi hai you know all of these things are just wrong so this disease can happen to anybody it can happen at any time please support those people that are going through cancer and the people that are going through a loved one that's going through cancer this is the time in their life that they need your support the most out of their whole life this is the time that they need you so um i am going to have to go now because we've got ads coming up and then the news um as as you know i leave every week uh, with giving a rumi quote so uh, this today's rumi quote is the wound is the place where the light enters you and on that note um i wish you peace and good health i'll play out with another sami yusuf that somebody's requested as well mm-hmm.